store audience is is well they haven't joined us yet but they will never fails once we start yep. they show they up. float in and out of here like the wind oh buddy i just got back from i left on tuesday of last week arrived at my front door at 5 30 p.m yesterday boy was it a hell of a trip how many hours total did you drive it was I mean, I guess I have to estimate it at this point, but it was 23 there, then two and a half, no, three to the next. So we're looking at like 25, 26, then two, 28, then uh, two, 30, so then another two, 32, then three, 35. And then I think I'm, I've added them all, and then 24 home. Damn, so, oh, jeez, dude. How uh, many total shows? Was it like five or something? Five total shows, and, uh, and then I went snowboarding on Monday, right. which wasn't a show, but it added three hours to my trip to oh, get over there. Yeah, but that's worth it if you're going to oh. do it in those kind of conditions. You're, what, Colorado, was it the Rockies? It was, yeah, it was the Rapahoe Basin. Which and is it's in the Rockies, I assume. It's it was the there's only while well, on the weekdays it was only two places open in Colorado to go skiing or snowboarding, and yeah. this was the one that had the most snow allegedly. So uh, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, leave my house on Tuesday a little bit later than I wanted to. I left around 11 a.m. I needed to leave around 8 a.m. was my first thought, but I had to run some errands. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to push it. I don't want to get to my first stop because my plan was to sleep in the car on the first night. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get to that spot at 8 p.m., not tired right, and unable to sleep. So I was right. like, the closer I get to my first stop, the closer it is to midnight, the more likely I'll be ready to sleep. Yeah. Well, I'm driving, I'm driving. Uh, I see a spot that looks like it's ideal, but it's about an hour and a half before I want to stop. And by ideal for, like, sleeping in the car, I want, like, the rest areas that we're used to here in Ohio, where you just pull off the road, but you can still see the highway. Right. And, uh, or, like, the highway's close, and there's cars already parked there, and there's truckers there. So I I map out a spot on my GPS that says it's a truck rest area, you know, gas and everything like that. I pull in, Mm -hmm. and it's like... I'm going down a back road. I'm on a gravel Ooh. road for a second. I pop out. I'm at this seedy gas station that's closed but still takes carts, and I needed gas really bad. But uh, I was like, I ain't sleeping here. A lot lizards just hey, in there. No, it, was <laughs> lot, it was like a lot lizard den. <laughs> and uh, so I get gas, keep driving. I'm looking for, like, these kind of rest areas, you know, like the typical rest areas. But I'm on a turnpike or a toll road, so they're not the same, you know, kind of rest areas. And I finally get to a spot an hour and a half after that. So it's like close to 1 a.m. our time in Ohio. And uh, and I'm already in cent- on central time. But I get to this spot that's like a, it's like a pilot or a Travel America or something like that. But it has a teepee as part of the, like a big giant, you know, 
wooden teepee as part mm-hmm. of like the gift shop and stuff. Gotcha. And I'm like, this looks like it might be all right. They had a car wash and a truck wash, but there was no cars parked there, just a bunch of trucks. So I just parked near like where I assumed the employees were parked. And I set myself up with my, I have my mattress. I have to basically move all of my snowboarding gear into the passenger seat yeah. and all my personal gear into the driver's seat, move those seats forward. I can flap out the extension of my platform for my mattress I hang my curtains, which I'd made just the night before, with uh, yeah. some Velcro st- strips to to pin I up. I loved your setup, dude. I seen the picture. Oh like, yeah, you worked hard on that shit. Yeah, that was I, a pretty sweet little setup. I had built it in my mind for Bonnaroo, but didn't need it for Bonnaroo because I went with my son, so we right. just shared a tent. Yeah. But um, but I never had the mattress, and that was the linchpin. I've got this mattress for like fifty five bucks at the mattress firm. Uh huh. I went in there. They had a they had a version of it there, but it was the display. I throw it down on a box spring. I'm like, oh, I'm sleeping. Heavy on this Saving thing. mad money. Mad money, dude. Because every mattress I looked for that was like this was either something that you could like – it was either an air mattress uh-huh. or something that you could condense down and fit into a backpack for like a hiker. And that – those weren't the most comfortable. Yeah. This was like a twin mattress that fits between the shock mounts in my trunk, you know, perfectly. It's yeah. not leaning up on anything. So I get all myself extended out. I put my curtains up, and I'm just kind of marveling at like how – good it looks like i was like nobody could see in yeah i can i have a few spots where i know i can see out if i have to yeah and uh i turned the car off and just started watching the office yeah and i was out do you have any heat what was your heating situation i didn't need heat because it was probably like 50 degrees out yeah where i was and so yeah it was just like with my with my backpack and everything now it did get um, hot after a while. So I turned the car on and hit the AC. Oh, I got hot? I got a little bit hot, so I had to hit the AC at really? one point. I might be confused. I might have hit the heat. <laughs> no, I know what it was. I had the car running, and I had the heat on like 50%, so it was like not hot, not cold or whatever, uh-huh. but I got hot, so I just turned the car off. Gotcha. That's what I did. I didn't turn it on. And uh, and I woke up around well, 6 o'clock or so, started finishing my trip, and got to the first spot, Into the Mountain Gods, in New Mexico. It's a, it's a kind of a big resort mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. They have golf and everything there. Beautiful, beautiful view. Did the show that night. It was only probably like thirty. Well, when we got there, there was like ten people sitting in there, and I was like, I, ain't, I don't even know if I want to try to sell. But I asked the headliner, and he was this. He was like an old road dog, and um, I could tell he just didn't like me off my first sight. Right, but I'm hitting him with all the right. What do you mind? Are you selling? Do you mind if I sell? It's no big deal if you say no. Right, and uh, and what do you you know? What's your intro? What? Do you, how much time do you want me to do? Is there anything you don't want me to do on stage? And right. so he was like, man, I just gotta say, nobody does what you just did. Yeah. Was, he was like, so people people don't usually ask; they just assume. I was like, mm-hmm. no, nah, man, this is your show. So I showed him enough respect up front that sure. I think I kind of bought some goodwill. But this show, all the itineraries say PG thirteen family, older crowd, no f bombs, this, that, and the other, and I'm. So I go up there and I'm just self-censoring, doing it as slow as I can to make sure I don't cuss, right. changing every punch word, you know, yep. and uh, it went well, it went really well, sold like eight, four t-shirts because yep. I had to price match his DVD, which was 20. Mm-hmm. So sold uh, four shirts at the first spot. Next day, drive over to um, the... Santa Ana Star Casino, and every time I've done that gig, I've stayed at the Holiday Inn off-site, and this was the first time, so I went straight to the Holiday Inn, they're like, we don't have a reservation for you, I called Funny Business, they're like, no, you're on-site, I was like, oh shit, go back to the casino, 
dope hotel room on like oh, the fifth floor nice. looking at the mountains just king size you know everything you need in the room dope shower huge bathroom just like oh this is nice or whatever do that show not as good as a show as i would have thought because the place was pretty packed mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was like i wasn't projecting enough or if they were just like listening quietly but they were eating almost everybody was eating when i got on stage plus the yeah. mc who i like he's been doing it he's been there every time i've ever been there he mcs but he's not doing stand-up He's just a, an actual MC. He's like an MC, but he's like a hosting. radio guy, so he's okay talking for long periods of time without a laugh. Right. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So I ask him how much he's doing. He's like, uh, probably like 10, 15 minutes. Well, that's a lot of time. Which to not, to have, not be doing punch, yeah. set up, punch, set up, punch. Yeah. And then he goes out before the show even starts and just talks about upcoming shows. But he's mm -hmm. sitting on a stool. looks like he's doing stand-up, but mm -hmm. he's just talking to him. 25 minutes after the start of the show – He's like, I can tell he's starting to wrap up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So when I Jeez. get out there, I think people were a little bit thrown off by the rhythm. Oh, yeah. You're having to restart the whole. It wasn't that hard. And I did get some big laughs. But I was just like, this isn't as good as I thought it would be. Because last year when I did it, I ripped it. And I was like, oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. And I think coming off the high from the night before, I had a hard time getting to sleep the night earlier. Because I was like, that oh, was a good show. And for a small crowd, when it's a small crowd and you do well, sometimes you feel extra good. Plus, I wasn't expecting to sell one shirt and selling four. was like, oh, this might be a good run. Right. Anyway, we set up outside the uh, the merch. I set up the merch table for the headliner and everything, get his stuff set up, my stuff set up, or whatever. Sell like $100 worth of T-shirts. Shoot, yeah, bro. I was like, well, hell yeah. Leave that place, head over to the next spot, which is like a, a casino, the only casino I've ever performed at that wasn't open 24 hours. It opens at 11 and closes at like 4 a.m. And... uh this was a different kind of show. It was in a back ballroom. It was sold out. It was part of a prime rib dinner, uh -huh. and they have a bar back there and everything. And I'm still not drinking, even though it is the first. And um, That's all, actually, was this was on the second. Question. This was on the second, uh, November second. Yeah. And uh, and the headliner didn't drink, and that helped me not have any kind of urge or desire to drink or anything. Yeah. And, and uh, he was with you the, every show that you did? No. The first two nights were with a different booking agency. So I had the same headliner the first two nights. And the second two nights, I had this guy, uh, John Toll, out of Denver. He used to live in Columbus. He went to school in Columbus. Okay. Um, or college in Columbus. Uh, not Ohio State. But um, great guy. Birds of a feather. I mean, he's like a, a little five years older than me. But, like, if I was a white dude with tats, I was like – this would probably be who I was. Right. And uh, so we do that show, and it was amazing. I mean, it was like these people pulled the comedy to them. I didn't find out till afterwards that this was like their 202nd show. Hello. Come on in. Yes. No. So this was like their 200 and some odd show. They've been doing comedy for a long time. And – um so they had a lot of regulars. I guess it, the guy told us it was like oil and gas mm -hmm. town. So the people there had money and that they were going to want to buy stuff after the show. Sold like 200 that night worth of stuff. And the Dang. best part was that the headliner for these shows didn't sell T-shirts. He had a CD, uh, some stickers, and some koozies. And it was all whatever you want to give me for it. So I was able to sell my stickers and my shirts, whatever you want to give me. And plus I was out of like major sizes. At this point I think I had like – one large, one extra large, and then two X and three X, and that was it. Nice. And I'm still just letting them go. And uh, 
and the stickers and everything. It, even my new sticker. Did you see the new sticker? Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, that was where going. But people were like, what does this mean? I was like, look it up when you get home. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, were you selling those or giving them? You're... Just like whatever you want to give me. So oh, like, if they, the bought, give... okay, if they gave yeah. me like a T-shirt, I'd throw in a sticker or whatever. Sure. But if they were just like, oh, I'll just take a couple of these stickers. Oh, whatever. Just throw a couple bucks in the hat or whatever. He had his hat that he didn't wear on stage, but he would just turn it up and people would throw money in it. He was murdering me in merch uh really? both the headliners outsold me like two to one every did they night. have good did they have good stuff or just well the first guy had like a dvd but he was just i've never seen anybody sell so hard like he would go back into the showroom if people were still sitting be like i got the, a couple more dvds left you know and so right. he was like really hustling, hustling. Yeah. and um and i did that he's told me i should try that and i did i sold an extra shirt that way mm-hmm. on the one night but i didn't do it any of the other nights and um I didn't really need to. The uh, that first show was, or that first uh, that show on the second was amazing. Then comes the third, and I'm going into Colorado. So as soon as I get into Colorado, I stop in Durango, which is like a, the first town on my way in, and I stop at a dispensary called mm-hmm. Prohibition Dispensaries. Chatted it up um, with uh, the bud tender. Yeah, I told her, told her is that I was, really what they're called? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, I don't know if that's what they're all called, but that's like something you'll see online when people are writing reviews for these places. I yeah. had such and such as a bud tender. They were great, very knowledgeable. So they're going to give you the rundown of everything. Yeah, so I just was really what I was looking for was CBD uh, edibles. What's that? It's like know. it's like not something that gets you high. It's like more for pain relief. So like, oh, that's more of a the yeah. You can buy CBD medicinal. here in Ohio, I think, legally. Some some of the vape shops were selling it. What were what was your is it your back that was? Well, it was more just like I what. So I was just listening to a podcast with Joey Diaz and Boss Rutten, who's a UFC guy or an MMA guy. Boss Rutten is, and he was talking about the CBDs that have like one percent THC helps kick in the cbd one percent thc is not or like one milligram isn't going to affect you uh-huh. um no matter who you are but it does help the cbd like take hold as a pain reliever in a in inflammatory anti-inflammatory so i got some of those and then i got like a couple pre-rolled j's and uh and that was it you know but i did spend uh, about 140 bucks Really? Yeah. Pretty it's pretty expensive compared to like what, um, I, let's put it this way. I would not spend that much if it was, if I lived there. Right. On those kinds of things. Um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't take anything while I was there. Saw skate park, went over, checked that out for a little bit. I didn't take my skateboard with me, but it was like a massive skate park, like right. within eye shot of the spot. So I start driving and I know that at... Um, two fifteen, Bonavera is going to start playing a live stream from Pitchfork Festival over in Paris, France. So I'm trying to get to a spot where I know I'm going to have Wi-Fi mm-hmm. at two fifteen. Plus, at one forty-five, Tottenham Hotspur playing, and that's my English Premier League soccer team that I watch every okay. match. So I'm driving. My dad calls. I'm talking to him. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to get to a spot that's got Wi-Fi. So I'm trying to map out different restaurants on this mountain pass trail, and there's like not a lot and every restaurant i would pass was like in somebody's house and i was like that ah, i can't really right post up there maybe i should have stayed in durango but i was like i'm still getting a signal on my phone maybe i can just do it from my phone drive signal drops i'm like dang but then i come around to pass and it's like wide open i'm like in the middle of like i'm surrounded by mountains there's a mountain like behind me and there's mountains off in the distance in front of me and i'm getting 
you know, five bars of LTE. I was like, let me stop at this mountain pass, set up my phone to as a Wi-Fi hotspot, use that hotspot to turn my computer on to watch the Tottenham game. And then at 2.15, I start streaming the Pitchfork stream. And now I've got that coming through my car speakers. Uh, so cool. I'm like listening to my favorite band in right. good fidelity. Live. Live. See, I thought whenever you mess, I thought you actually saw a con- saw them live. No. I didn't realize that you I, it was I, a live stream. Okay, yeah, live stream. Live stream. And, uh, and I'm just doing that on my phone. I'm like, I should have switched this. I should be watching soccer on my phone and watching the concert on the bigger screen or whatever. Right. But the quality of the music was so good, even though it was a live stream. It was. See, I pictured you in the mountains on a, an actual stream, a live stream. <laughs> I water a crick. coming down the mountains and Bonavere in the in the mountaintops, treetops, just I will singing say, down to you yeah, from the heavens. That sounds like something they would do. <laughs> But in this case, I was just live streaming over the web. Gotcha. And uh, and my team won. Bonavera rocked it. And I smoked a J while I was sitting in my car. And I was like, I don't know if this is frowned upon here. But I kept the windows up so I wasn't like – because there was people yeah. sledding. Like yeah. some kids strapped into snowboards and they were just gone. And I think what they did is they parked a car down the further down yeah. and snowboard down to that, then drive back up and right. just go home or whatever. But – I imagine pe- that's got to be a pretty regular thing, though. Yeah. Sm- I mean, that- yeah, I assume so. I mean, like but when still- I got there, I thought I could smell something in the distance or whatever. Yeah. But I just didn't want to beat people over the heads because I was parked in a spot that was like there was only two parking spots and four handicap spots. Right. You weren't going around blowing it in kids' ears and stuff. Trying no, to man, not kind- anymore. <laughs> like, you know, last year I used to do that, but it seems so You've amateur. grown up, man. I've grown up. I'm You've mature grown. now. Uh, so then I get off and I'm like starting to worry that I'm not going to get to the next gig in time because Ooh. I still have like, I thought two and a half hours of drive, but it was only about an hour and 15, which turned into a solid two hours because it was through windy roads with no guardrails. I mean, uh, you one fail slip and you're off the edge of the mountain. Uh, I mean, like Toons is like just gone. And yeah. so I was like, by the time I got to the spot, I, which was a bed and breakfast, I was like, you know, I was a little bit. Shooken up and probably still a little residually like yeah. high and shit. So I was just not comprehending what she was telling me. She was like, you know, there's breakfast here in the morning, or you can get ten dollars and you can go wherever you want. And I was like, I was like, I give you ten dollars. She's like, no, if you don't eat here, we'll give you ten dollars to go wherever you want. I was like, ah, oh, well, I'll probably eat here. Yeah. And she was like, okay. So then I went up my room, relaxed for a little bit, fell asleep for like maybe thirty minutes, and then had to get up and go to this show that was at a golf club and. I thought the night before was like electric, but this one was like a smaller room, kind of high ceilings, but they had the lighting just right. The sound was perfect, just ripped it and had like probably what I would consider one of the best shows I've ever had in my life. Nice. And the um, headline, you- the same guy, same uh, guy, John Toll. And we set up after that, sold another like $180 worth of merch there. Then we go out with some of the people after the show because there's like some bar that everyone goes to and there was this band a local band playing there whatever mm-hmm. i took a picture post on instagram because it was like being at a concert uh with yeah. all the lights and stuff i mean it was just Good awesome band. yeah Good great band. band they're doing some covers some original stuff and uh a lot of a lot of led zeppelin covers which i was like oh this is mm-hmm. right up my alley <laughs> and uh, people are just buying me drinks left and right and i'm saying yes to everything i'm just what do you drink i'm scotch i don't have scotch here oh whiskey and soda so i'm changing things up Oof. people are dropping off shots we're doing sh- i mean like you would have thought i hadn't ever taken a break for sober october eventually uh i tell my buddy i was like you know the irish exit he was like boy do i 
What's that? What is that? It's explain? when you just leave without saying just, bye to anybody. Oh, God, I do that all and, the time. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite thing. Ghost out. Yeah, I call it the black Irish exit. But, I got you. Um, we Irish exit the spot and head back. We talk probably for another 45 minutes to an hour before I actually decide to go to bed. And, oh, <laughs> he gave <laughs> I guess I won't share that. Uh, remind me to tell you off air. <laughs> yeah, when, whenever someone says he gave me, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking you know where my mind's going. I'm like, he gave me a handy. <laughs> it was all right. Had calluses. And then you say, oh, well, I better not share that online. The no, um, I won't. I don't think he cares. Um, he gave me a microdose of mushroom, just like a little tiny piece of a of a psilocybin mushroom, and I ate that before we went out. But I was like, I know my levels of what mm-hmm. i need like I, usually like i takes five grams of mushrooms for me to have like an experience mm-hmm. sober october nothing's been in my system for a long period of time so i don't know if that took a hold at all or had any effect on how the rest of my night went but i was feeling pretty indestructible while we were at the bar but by the time i'm laying down in the bed at the bed and breakfast trying to go to sleep I'm having like these weird thoughts. Uh-huh. Um, my my vision is shifting. Like I'd look straight ahead, and then I'd look 90 degrees to the right, and it would come like come around after the uh-huh. few seconds. <laughs> then I fall asleep, but I think I feel like I wake up two hours later, and I'm like, oh, I know this feeling in my stomach, and uh-huh. I hadn't eaten since yeah, like the noon. Oh, don't tell. So I start drinking water, drinking water, drinking water. Eventually, I start purging, and so like every hour for the next hour, I would like throw up for maybe two or three throw-ups, uh, but I would have to drink water to get the to rest get of it. it. There wasn't anything in my system. It was just my body was rejecting life at this point. <laughs> and uh, and around 11, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, I feel like, okay, that's it. I'm done. And I drink a lot of water. I go lay down. I sleep from like 10 till noon, I think, and lightly. But I'm feeling a little bit more human. Go downstairs. He's down there. We talk for a while, but I'm just still trying to get like – my like hating life went from like that saturday being one of the best days of my entire life you know all the way up until we left the bar and then it was like a like this just like okay you're gonna pay for all of that all that fun is gonna all of it be paid for sir in this misery that you're going through the next gig that we're doing which was the last gig which is a sunday night gig we um it was only 30 minutes away like a 25 minute drive from the place we're at and so we hang out at the bread and breakfast. She said we could hang out there till, till we could check into the other spot. Hang out, go check into the other spot. It's like a days in motel. Mm-hmm. Like the doors open to the outside. It was by far the, um, the not the nicest of all the places I stayed that week. But it wasn't the worst place by any stretch of the imagination that I've ever stayed in. Mm-hmm. It was just more of a motel. But um, economy in how's it uh, in Perrysburg? Was it if the economy in is um, a one star, this is like two and three quarter stars. Okay. Um. But. But it's in that same league. Right. You know right. what I mean? Doors open to the outside. Yeah. What you're looking at when you walk out your front door isn't like a nice it, view. It's your car. Yeah. It's your car <laughs> and a Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle. Right. Um. But the show, we get there. There's like ten people in the bar. And I was like looking at him. He was like, "Yeah, you, we we had to assume one of these shows was going to be was going to be the dumpster." But bar. by the time it started, there was like thirty people in there. Really? And they had a nice stage. It was the only bar in that town 
uh, Delta, Colorado, that had entertainment, they said, of this kind, where they do, like, dancing on Saturdays. Yeah. They played the NFL games on a big screen on Sunday mornings, you mm-hmm. know, and just they just did everything they could, karaoke. And uh, and the lady that ran it, she, I mean, she, if I had to guess just, like, off a headshot, like, just off of her face, she was five to ten years older than me. But she was wearing, like, this skin-tight black dress. I mean, look, body looked like she was 19. And then, like, that with, like, kind of, I was just like, she is really putting herself together, like, on purpose like this. Like, she looked like a model or a former model of some sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, well, anybody that puts this much effort into themselves probably puts this much effort into the shows that she's doing. And it showed because when the show started, they were ready to laugh. Sold another $100 worth of merch there. Damn, dude. At, to Killed the it fewest on the merch, amount of, didn't you? Murdered it. And I needed to. I didn't even realize it, but I came home with almost no cash. And I think I only did $130 in credit card sales all week. So that had already gone into my account. And... After I bought my lift ticket, uh, which was on Sunday night, I mm. bought a lift ticket for Monday morning, saved 40%, got the lift ticket for like 55 and then got for $5, got a $15 food voucher. By buying it all in advance, I saved tremendously mm. and uh, go to the ski place on Monday. Feel Back to normal, feeling 100%. I, I get there a little bit later than I wanted to get there at 930. I, I ended up getting there at 11. Uh, no, 1030. I get in line, get dressed, get all my stuff, start heading into the line to get my uh, lift ticket. I'm standing in line, and it starts to hit me like it did at Brouhaha, where I'm like, my vision's starting to close in. Really? I'm starting to feel like my knees are shaking a little bit, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to faint. I tell the guys behind me, I was like, I think the elevation just hit me. I might faint. They're like, they just look at me, and I'm like, just don't let me hit head first, man. Yeah, please. (laughs) Just... They're like, well, put your helmet on. And I was like, all right. I think I already have my helmet on. They said, pull your goggles down. You don't want to smash your goggles. And I was like, oh, I don't want to. I, I didn't at that point didn't want to cover my face at all because if somebody saw me like doing like this, hopefully they grab me or something. Right. But then I just take a knee and I'm like, <sighs> I'm just breathing. And I'm, I get out of line. I was like, oh, this is pointless. I, there's no way I'm going to get up these stairs, let alone. Uh, to the lift line if I get a lift ticket feeling like this. So I sit on this picnic bench and I'm just breathing, trying to catch my breath. I'm like, let me go to the car because this might not be happening. Go to the car. I take my neck warmer off because I had like a neck warmer on over top of my hood. And when I took that off, I I felt like (gasps) it was just like a fraction of a few ounces of pressure on my neck, but it just, but it affected my breathing because I was already at 13,500 feet. And you know, here, here in Ohio, we're around 900 feet uh, above sea level. Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've never been to, I've never uh, had an elevation issue before. Uh, And I've been to at elevation before, but never trying to do something strenuous. And at this point, carrying my snowboard with my boots on and that thing around my neck was enough to put me to the test. But after I took that thing off my neck, I felt better. But I knew I was dehydrated because I hadn't had enough water that morning. And that's another thing that you're supposed to do is super hydrate when you're at altitude. Mm-hmm. So I went back into the to go get in line. I was like, oh, let me stop and see if there's any water in here. And I see this spot says water. And I go to pull the thing. There's no water in it. Go to the other one, pull it. And there's no water. I'm like, shit. Well, I don't want to wait here. I don't want to, like, complain about the free water situation. Right. I go back in line. Five seconds after I'm back in line, this girl who had gone to the bathroom comes in line with this giant glass of water. And I was like, <laughs> could I just maybe just like... Let me smell it. Let me just smell it. <laughs> I just, just want to see what kind of water it is. Can I taste it? Just like just dip my finger in it. 
but like right before the line's moving super slow and I'm still like struggling. I'm, you know, taking deep breaths, just trying to make sure I stay oxygenated. I asked her right before she goes to get her ticket, like, where'd you get that water? She's like, up there, run thing. But I was like, got it. It was exactly where I'd went to, but they were out. So after I get my lift ticket, which took a lot faster than it did for everyone else because I bought mine online. So I just had to give her my phone, which prints out the thing, gives me the voucher, go get some water, drink like 30 ounces of water, sit still for about 10 minutes. Then I go to the lift line where there's like a thousand people waiting to get on a ski lift. It looked like the line was going to take 45 minutes to an hour, but it took about 15. Yeah. And uh, get up to the top of the mountain snowboard down it is super aggressive uh like mixed between powder and moguls and it's snowing okay explain i don't know what mogul moguls are like imagine that there was two thousand vw bugs parked on the hill and then it snowed on top of them Mm -hmm. so there's just all these Uh, bumps uh, gotcha all over like just and so what that is is from skiers traversing left to right five people follow that same path now there's a mound where okay. they didn't ski so that starts to harden as people ski over and it's just a natural occurrence of yeah. people slaloming you know going gotcha. down the hill and it's like steep which isn't really none of it was like oh this is scary but like for snowboarding i like to do jumps and like some obstacles they had a terrain park for snowboards but it was like off between two runs and you would have to take your snowboard off walk up the path strap in and then you do like maybe a 75 yard run where you do a couple rails or hit something. But mm-hmm. then you take your snowboard off and walk back up. I ain't doing that. Right. I don't like rails that much. And um, handrails by rails is what I mean. Like, you know, so you're sliding on your board or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a skate park for snowboards. Right. But like at Matt River or snow trails here in Ohio, there's no part of the snowboard terrain park where you would get take your snowboard off and walk back up unless you really wanted to hit one obstacle multiple times then you could do that but this was the this was like a lot of work to be climbing like hiking up back up a hill especially when you're already at that altitude at that altitude and not used to it really so for like from uh i think like i got my lift tickets at 11 17 from 11 17 till 1 30 when i stopped for lunch I probably did. I went up the, the mountain four times. On my fourth trip, stopped, had lunch. Glad I got that $15 voucher because every meal was fourteen ninety five. dollars Right. And, um, and I wouldn't have eaten at that price if I had had cash. Even though I had cash, I just would have been like, I'll wait till I leave. I'm not buying a $15 sandwich or right. whatever. It was worth it, though. I mean, the amount of food that they gave you, it was for, for like ski chalet prices or whatever. I'm just mm-hmm. glad I bought the voucher because it kind of forced me to eat. Yeah. Eat, rest, back on the mountain at 2 o'clock. And from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, I probably took 10 runs. I took like twice as many runs because like from 2 o'clock, the line just kept getting smaller and smaller. And like the last mm-hmm. three runs I took, I snowboarded right into the line, popped popped off my back foot, and then was right. right back on the lift. Do you is your Now are you getting used to the Totally, elevation? but because I'm getting on the lift so fast, there was a few times when I got on the lift and I was like <sighs> – because I was like out of breath from the run because mm-hmm. – the snowboarding in these kinds of environment it's like literally like turn 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 I mean, it's like I'm a lot harder than skiing as far as i wish i had had skis i wish i had had skis for this particular day just because it would have been more enjoyable than snowboarding on the, that kind of terrain right but it was awesome to be snowboarding the day after my birthday because the, the ski season in ohio doesn't even start 
until January 1. And All that's right. assuming we've got snow and the weather. So I didn't even really take that into account that I had had uh, a two-month jump on the season that just happened to fall in line with a run where I didn't lose any money on getting to do it. Yeah. So it was uh, after that, I leave there at about 4.15. I drive the wrong direction because I think it's going to be easier to go down the mountain than go up through these passes, you know, like where there's no guardrails or anything. So I went back southwest, then northeast when I got to 70 and was pretty much on 70 for about six hours, stopped at a rest, a nice rest stop. And at this time, you're done with comedy, right? Done with comedy so already. you just made that last Yeah, I made like a six-hour run until I stopped about 10 o'clock at night and got some sleep in my car and slept. Like, if I thought I slept good the first time I slept in my car, I slept like I was in a five-star hotel wow. this second time. It was amazingly good sleep. But I was getting hot and cold, hot and cold, so I'd have to start the car. Uh... Yeah, I drove for like six, maybe seven hours after I went ski, after I went snowboarding and uh, west, and then stopped at a nice rest stop, like the traditional rest stop that mm-hmm. that I was talking about. And uh, I think I was—I don't even know where I, I must have been in Nebraska, just outside of Colorado. I don't know where that was, uh, but I stopped at like ten thirty and started playing some golf clash. And I'm then back on that too. Yeah. I've got, I figured some stuff out on that. Oh uh, yeah, I'm getting into it again. I've I've been struggling with my new phone to get my rhythm back because it's like a slightly different feel. Yeah, than my other oh, phone. trust me, the it weight of the phone, everything, everything, it. man. It took me a long time too. But I slept so hard that night, uh, that that Monday night, because I think you know, because of skiing or whatever. And then I drove about nine hours, and uh, then I got a hotel in uh, Iowa because I needed a shower and like to just kind of decompress for a little bit longer yeah. than what that had. And then I had another nine-hour drive back uh, the next day, which hindsight being twenty twenty, I could have done it without stopping in Des Moines, but it made it worthwhile yeah, to, like, man. get that rest. And uh, I got back yesterday, and uh, the rest of it, I mean, the, almost all of it seems like a blur now. Um, that I just remember that Saturday that I was watching Bon Iver, watching my soccer. Oh, and also – um, after the show, after my set, I go to the back of the room, pull up, pull up the Wi-Fi in the golf place because I wasn't getting much of a signal. Start watching UFC 230. Oh, okay. And uh, got to watch Daniel Cormier defend his heavyweight title, which everyone pretty much knew he was going to. But in the time that I was like, we had already come back to the bread and bre- bed and breakfast. I was waiting for the headliner to get ready. He comes downstairs, and right before he comes downstairs, Daniel gets the rear naked choke submission and so i was like oh, i got to see everything i wanted to see today yeah. i got to see my bonavares got to see my tottenham spurs and ufc yeah. 230 my daniel cormier is my favorite fighter right now so it was it was just a successful day and the show was hot i'm you know drinking people are buying me drinks or whatever if i could have stopped drinking 15 minutes after I started drinking, that would have been like the best night, but I continued to drink for like an hour and a half yeah. after, and that was just, too, you can't, I mean, I don't, I was, even if it was Sober October, hadn't it just happened, I wouldn't have drank that much, you know what I mean, it was almost just because everyone was just handing them to me, yeah. and it was like, I don't want to be rude. And it, and it doesn't catch up to you till it's too late, man. Especially because I hadn't eaten anything. If I had oh, eaten God, yeah. after I like drank that much, I probably would have got really, really sick. But at least there would have been something to soak it up. Uh-huh. And uh, it was 
ugh, it was miserable. But I, I, the realization, revelation, consternation, plutification <laughs> that I realized was that I will probably not drink socially. I mean, I'm talking, I'm only drinking special occasions. because Ever I could, or just for a while? I mean, for the near future, because I just can tell what it's doing to my body like yeah. almost instantly. So how was Guy Tory weekend? Dude, it was great. It was the best ever, man. Just for the fact of getting the feature, you know yeah. what I mean? And the crowds were all pretty hot, and he was really cool. I've worked with him before, so I know he's has a reputation of being a little of a strickler as far as who he has on his shows and yeah. what kind – and, and that's fine. Like, you know, right away when we came, it was Ray Jackson was, was hosting, which is great. You know what I mean? Ray is a great comic. Yeah. Um, so, but he told us right away, you know, hey, I want to keep it a little bit clean, you know, this, that, and other. Hey, it's your show, man. Yep. Hey, as long as all it. that stuff gets shared right up front, yeah, there's usually not a problem. Should no problem with me. And he was cool, man. He hung out. He was, like, cracking on us, hanging out in the green room. Yeah. You know, he was, it was a really fun time, you know, to be hanging out. With a comic that's actually not just yeah wanting you out of there, which I'm fine with being out. I don't me need too. to be in the green I room. I, I don't either. It doesn't matter to me if it's somebody that's cool in there and they're, and they're like when John with John Hinton when we worked with yeah. him, how cool he was. Um, yeah, it's no fun to be in a green room if they're not that cool. Yeah, if you they don't want I mean? you being in there, I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm, I'm fine. I take it a step further. I'm like, uh, if if the MC's bringing people in, I'll ask the headliner, you want me to stop this? You know, right. I'll shut this down for you. Yeah. You, know, you won't have to look like the jerk. Cause I, uh, one, right. I just, uh, I know that that's the only safe haven for the headliner. Right. You know, right. especially if they're known, they can't just go sit at the bar. Uh, I mean, they can, but it might be more stressful than yeah. what they're into. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad I got, um, Jason called me when I was in, uh, New Mexico yeah. And he was, you know, telling me some ideas he had for the show or whatever. And I was like, ooh, let me tell you who I think. Yeah, no, dude, he told me that. I appreciate you getting you putting the word out for me because it ended up being – I don't have a lot of merch left, but the one – and I didn't sell every night. I only sold one night, and I sold six shirts. Nice. One night, all for 20, except the one – there was one people. I did two for uh, 30. Yeah. So I was like – I was happy to – that's a nice little bonus. The, yeah, and to make yeah. the feature money yeah. that you made. Oh, yeah, when you're already making feature money. I mean, that was like my whole first oh. my first year on the road. I was selling so many T-shirts and making more money than I was ma- used to. Ma- I thought I was – I was like, <laughs> I might buy me a new car. <laughs> I did, and now I'm regretting it. Right. wish I had a no car payment. But it was uh, – it, it, Working with Guy the last time I worked with him, he was like – he was, you know, he was busting balls, and he was like – he was like, wait, what? Cosby, what do you do? You got a, a the same outfit for every night? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I got five pairs of these jeans, five of these shirts. <laughs> I put them all in the car, so I'm always fresh. Yeah. He was like, because he would come in with different shoes on every oh, night, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. different socks. You know, it was like, for like a lot of these guys, I feel like their outfit is part of their mood for that day. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I always noticed that when I would be home, when I lived in Fairborn and I was waiting to go to a show at the Funny Bone, I might spend 30 extra minutes trying on different outfits. Like, what am I going to wear tonight? Let me try this. Let me try. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I just went to the black pants, black button-up T-shirt, knocked out any anxiety I had it's about what, because it was like already decided already for me. Already planned it. I, I took the uh, the Steve Jobs approach, you know, of wearing the same thing every day. And so this run, I went back to that. I went back to the black jeans 
and the button-up shirt, and I honestly feel like that's not the right outfit for me. Right. It, it work when it works, it works great, but sometimes it's like a barrier in that I either look too much like the people that are working there, like the servers and stuff. You're right. Because at this one, uh, when I got off at the golf club, this lady came up to me after. She was like, I have to buy you a drink. And I was like, why? She's like, because you, before you started, I asked you where I should put my cup. <laughs> she thought you was she was, I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't even think of it like that because yeah. I was looking for a place to put my cup at the exact same time. She's right. like, yeah, I know, but I thought you worked here, and I feel so bad. And I was like, oh, don't. I was like, I'm dressed just like yeah. everybody that's yeah, working I mean, here. Yeah. I mean, the like mistake's into, mine, not going yours. Going into Target with a red butt. Exactly. <laughs> going into uh, Walmart with a blue smock on. Like, <laughs> why do you assume I work here? But yeah, so, but now I'm starting to feel like have a have a go-to outfit, but it shouldn't be. I shouldn't look that much like the people that right. are like serving drinks. And I don't really even have like I don't. I'm so like awkward when I dress. I'm not a very good. I've never had any kind of s- sense Stage of style outfit. or yeah. tra- just in my life ever. Like growing up, I was always just t-shirt pants. You know, what I mean, I've never. I, n- I was never given any like guidance from my mom or dad to be like, hey, you know, look nice, dress yeah. nice, dress. Yeah. I just never have, so and I know that that makes a difference in a lot of instances. You know, if you're dressed sloppy or if you're not, you know. But well, I, I just don't have. That. I think what's more important is like one having the advice of a female telling you that looks good on you. Yeah, That's and Ashley does that you. a lot for me. Like she will, t- like she does help me with that. She's got a very good. <laughs> She's like more, shake. more jam around your mouth. I don't want anybody <laughs> hitting on you. Put some more, put some more crud in your hair. Uh, yeah, no, that helps, and I have a. Uh, um, a friend of mine who's like a style stylist and so when i first started doing comedy i was like give me some pictures of shirts and like what my jeans should fit like you know like just send me some photos and she did and that's what i based all of my first even i would say last year was the first year i went through the funny bone circuit wearing like i would wear this jacket on stage sometimes Mm -hmm. you know slightly unzipped or whatever but more casual and i did notice that that i don't want to say the the laughs got better but I just looked more like a comic, you yeah. know, like people aren't expecting a comic to be wearing a three piece suit right. a lot of times. And I think sometimes the more I dress up and the, the, when I'm being articulate, I think that's off putting to some people. I had a booker one time tell me like dress down, like think about how you normally dress and then like try to like country it up, you know, a little bit for this audience. Cause sometimes you dress too nice and I think it puts people on edge or something. And I yeah. was like, what i was like you gotta be crazy but now that i went from that difference to the same clubs and i was like why did i do so much better i was like i'm dressed way more casual and wearing like tennis shoes instead of dress shoes and things like that but like even with that being said it's like you're not just wearing like the tennis shoes you've been wearing all day like these tennis shoes are for stage only exactly that's what i have have black tennis shoes that are just for performing and that's it i only wear them on that's a i'd look at it like if you're not analyzing that aspect of your performance you're doing yourself a disservice. But I've also seen people go the wrong way with it. Like some of some of the hipster dressers, it's almost like you put way more thought into that outfit than you did into your jokes. Right. To be different and Yeah, yeah. To... It's like it's like the the outfit's not gonna get the laughs for you unless you're dressed like a clown. And then it's like if your outfit is so obscure that people feel like they can't relate to you, it doesn't matter how funny you are. They might just be seeing your outfit. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing as like wearing like a lot of jewelry on stage. Right. It's like hard to get past that for some or people. Or shirts with a lot of words and or whatever. But you had a good weekend with oh, the yeah, man. Sunday this was the best show. Sunday was by far the best. It's like, you know, the urban crowds have been, you know, those are my favorite to do because I have, you know, the black wedding joke and the macaroni and cheese that just always, and I've gotten to now where I'm, t- 
it's a five-year-old bit, but I've gotten to now where I've got it down. Yeah. Where I know how to control, like I know it, like the back of my hand, and it just does. It just, every time I continue to do it, it just gets better and better. Five years of doing a joke though, like that, because you really only do that joke for big audiences, right? And you get how many big audiences a month do you do? Yeah, not right now, not as many as I'd like. You know, so maybe it's like, one, you know? yeah, if you were if you were like two doing two full weekends a month for the last five years, that joke would have progressed. Oh yeah, a lot faster. But at the same time, it's like yeah. jokes can only mature at the rate that they're being done. Right, and I can't do it in the mirror. Yeah, just make <laughs> it's it, I mean, you can, but it's, it's not makes it. It's not making it better. Uh, yeah, so. it might make you more comfortable telling it, but you get the insight from, right. the, from the live and audience. And I have really gotten the and it's and it usually were like and this weekend was like a lot of there's a lot more black folks than there was white, but but it's a very nice mixture. Yeah, and whenever I have that, that's when it really either all 100 percent black. But if there's if there's like a, a mixture of white people in there too, because you know I talk talking about the electric slide and I'm trying to to get it to where I'm not just making fun of white people you mm-hmm. know a white person being oh how we dance and stuff mm-hmm. that's pretty stereotypical but, oh bro because but it's still that's part of the joke that I was thinking about when I was on the road is that like most white people can't do the electric slide the white way right. you know what I mean <laughs> right like, dude, like I can't do the electric slide period <laughs> right. I remember the first time trying to do it and I was just like where is it where is it <laughs> what, what? now we're going this way watch, okay wait, watch wait, well we're in three dimensions now what the hell and, and I and I tried to learn it at home. My sister tried. To, my sister was like, "You don't know the electric slide." And I'm like, "Where did you? You don't go to dance clubs. Where did you learn it?" And she's like, "Oh, I just always knew it." You know, right. And like, but it's like my dyslexia. It's like I I'm not yeah. good with north, south, east, and west. So <laughs> right. I'm like, I got left and right. That's it. Once we turn on axis, I'm lost. Where, where am I? At? Yeah. I, but that's um. But yeah, I think there's the thing I like about that, like your your urban set, so to speak, is that it's not cooning you're not like pandering right some people i do get that reputation people will say that but that's the only bit that i do that has anything to do with black or white is just that but you're not like gary owen up there like where you're trying to sound like you grew up in the hood right like you talk like now i'm talking like a black person son you know and i'm up in this right right it's like you're just being dug through the whole thing and you're like actually like excited yeah, that this is like a chance for you to shine. Oh yeah, and it's usually the best. Like I said, I get the best. Those are my best, best shows I ever done, uh, that I ever normally do. And this weekend, just really, with being able to feature because I normally don't get to do that set that or, many or, times or in, for that long. And for that long, like I'm doing, getting to do twenty, twenty-five minutes. Whereas before, I'm I'm starting off doing ten. 12 minutes yeah. where you know you're the opener, but now I'm already in the middle of the show. And that's just why they just went so so well. And my other bits, you know, but did well too. But that closer just does so well that I feel like I didn't do as well in my other. Yeah, I know. What I'm you just mean. like, why are you guys laughing like this the whole time? And it's, right. to, it's a build up, you know. It is, and it's also like a uh, trust fall in yeah. that, you know, they they gotta be like, do I even like this guy? Okay, I like this guy. Is he funny? Yeah, he's funny. And then once you get that, then it's kind of like you're on easy street. So closing that distance, and you can't – you're not at a point when you're featuring ever, I feel like, to take a strong closer like that and start opening with it. Right. Because, one, you need the buy-in before you can even pull that joke out of your pocket. Right. That's that's what I – I talked to Jer and Keith Irvin. They came, and and I was telling about how, like, I'm not doing as well out front. They're like, do that joke first. And I'm like – I, yeah, I just don't. I I don't feel. I don't like doing it first. I want that to be the ending because it's hard to go from there. Like after yeah. that's like, I, and I'm giving it everything I've got. Like usually when I'm done telling that bit, that's a five minute bit. Yeah. Pretty much, it's about five minutes, and I'm wore out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm literally tired. So it's like, 
I need to save up for the energy. But man, it was great. It was a great weekend. I do appreciate you, man. Help, sticking your, sticking my name, that's, in, that's sticking my that, name in his mouth. That's what the hell I do. I put but put Jason's, put people's name in the dental of the people that can help them. And that's the, that's one of the things that I think. I take more pride in than anything I've ever accomplished for myself. It was just the fact that some of the powers that be look to me for suggestions and that I have suggestions to give them that aren't just right my friends. You know yeah, what I mean? No, you're it's not like, going to recommend somebody and if, if it's going to make you, you know, if you've got to be honest. Absolutely. Like, is that's, this a fit? Do you think this is a fit or not? No, I don't. I tell comics to their face, too. Like, they're like, can I get a recommendation for this? And I'm, no. Yeah. Like one, you're going to ruin my ability to give recommendations. Right. And two, like, there's a lot of opportunities that people don't get because, you know, a booker's just not thinking about that person or whatever. But there's a lot of opportunities that people want that they shouldn't get because if they did, they would catch up to the reality really fast that I, I either wasn't ready for this or um, this is going to make me look bad, you mm -hmm. know, for future work. So it's like if there's if the show's right, then yeah, I'd say anybody could do any given show on any given night if everything is equal and going in the direction of their comedy and this is a good headliner for you to open for. But then like me opening for headliners that I was not a good fit for gave me the most wisdom and the ability to say, no, I don't think I'm the best. I tell you who I think would be good for this, you know, because some mm -hmm. people I, I do believe in saying yes to everything uh, until you know better. Yeah. Until you actually experienced what works for you and what doesn't. But yeah. what do I know? Nothing. Well, I'm glad no one's coming to me for recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, it's I rare. Yeah, luckily it's no one ever does that because I'd be like, and when people do, I'm just like, I, I'm like, hey, man, I'm nobody. Yeah. My, my, my voice isn't going to help you because I'm not, and I don't really know. You know, yeah. I mean, I can't just start throwing my name around as, Oh, the, the, you know, not that it, it doesn't, it's not going to hold any weight anyway. No, right. no one's coming to, no bookers from Funny Bones are, are calling me and asking me who would be a fit. And I would have to tell them, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, it's not my forte. I'll be me. I'd be like me. I'd be a good fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you thought about me, of course. Yeah. I think that's probably where it all started was that they would call me for gigs and I would say, you know what? I'm not a good fit for this, but if you give me 30 minutes, I'll find you somebody that's yeah. like a perfect yeah, and they trust you. in you to do that kind of stuff. You've, you have done well in doing that. You've helped put on shows and, and put together shows. You've taken weight off of their shoulders. You know what I mean? It's gonna look like from the outside. Oh, he's just kissing ass. He's just. But that's and, funny when people say that. Like I remember I was talking to a booker who's also a comedian one time, and he was talking about not working for the Funny Bones and stuff. Like he's like, I guess I just don't kiss their ass or something like that. And I was like, so are you insinuating that everyone that does work for him kisses right, their ass? Right. Which is I can a, assure you that's not the case. But that's what a bitter comics do. I've done it before. I've said that in my head too. It's a, it's it's a it's one of those things I think people say without thinking about yeah. it. You know, like, well, I'm not going to kiss their ass. It's like right. well, nobody likes yeah. an ass kisser. Yeah, they're not going to put you on because likes an ass kisser. I mean, like the people that like getting their ass kissed are people that nobody likes. Yeah. So it's like there's no sense. But it's like once you start to develop the idea of like what am I doing that's not working and remove those elements, that's right. usually a lot more successful than name calling. Right. But uh, what do you got? Anything this week? Anything coming up? Um, we at the Liberty Bone. November 11th, that's Sunday, I'll be hosting, and I don't know for who yet, um, but it's an off night, so mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're just going to put me on that show, they're giving me some, throwing old buddy a bone. I'm going to be there uh, November 12th, 
That's a what? Monday. Really? Yeah. For, for you know, Jay and Silent Bob? Yeah. Jay is doing a show on Monday. Shut up. You're going to be working with him? Yeah. I always wanted to meet him. Uh, what's his name? Uh, damn it. What is that dude's name? I can't name? remember. Oh. It's on the website, and I can't even remember. He was like a big heroin addict for a while. He's had a lot of drug problems really? like, through, his, through his life. Yeah. I didn't know that. Him and I think him and Silent Bob, whatever his name, Kevin Smith, are like they were like buddies in high school or whatever. Um, and he just kind of used, to, but he he's that like that character he is in is like who he is really kind of like who he was. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess he was like no, nah, I'm I'm speaking this through what Word I've heard. Yeah. I don't have any like I didn't research it or anything, so I could be totally okay. I'd be wrong. I'll be like Doug Morgan said <laughs> that from 1989 <laughs> until 2003, use right. on the herons. But I've yeah I've heard that. I cool, didn't even though. know that's who it was until I looked on the website and I was like I know this guy. What do I? Oh my Jason God. Muse. Yes, exactly right. Yes, that's yeah. right. I was like I knew it was on the tip of my tongue, but he uh, I like him in the movies. I wonder, I wonder how he'll pull off stand up. I don't I've know. Never heard of him doing that? I before. can. I mean, I it, when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, he seems like he's probably got the chops for that. But, um, just based on like clerks you know yeah. like the way he's talking shit to all the kids and stuff yeah. like that snoochie boochies yeah. <laughs> his uh What's his character his character will bring in a, a crowd just in that i'm 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 excited for it yeah who's all on that show just i don't you. know i don't know i think i'm just hosting it that's but. cool dude i would that would be sweet then uh the following not this weekend but next weekend uh like the 15th through the 18th or something like that i'll be at toledo your home, your home stomping my, ground. That's my stompings. Who's yeah. up there? Who you up there with? I'm hosting for somebody that their name escapes me right now. But somebody that you used to know. Somebody that I used to know. <laughs> he, um, but you know, I love Toledo. That's like my that was my first like like you get the most work out of Toledo. Yeah, I used to get the most work out of Toledo. Not that I got the most work of anybody, no. but like personally, from, yeah, personally, yeah. In my own calendar, I was getting the most work from Toledo. Yeah, so. they've been good to me, man. Yeah, and I think when you learn to cut your teeth in a room like that, you become a stronger comedian yeah. because they don't laugh at everything. That's a it's tough, a room. very especially mixed, opening, very aristocratic. man. Oh, opening is I feel sorry for every opener, yeah. even myself. Like I w- one time, Tom I was there with Tom Dustin hosting, and Tom was like, "That's the best I've ever seen any opener do." And it was like I was coming off stage like, "Oh," <laughs> he yeah. was like, I, "That was the best I've ever seen any opener do in Toledo." I was like, "Oh, thanks, man. I, I, you know what it's like." And at that point, I hadn't been to enough clubs to know. Yeah, that it was different. I usually, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think of it that way anymore. Is Me I either. Used to. Now it's like it's, I do well in there. It's I do now. There are shows. I, you yeah, know, that's the tip. Like. Every now and again, it looks to be like a, a early or late Friday show, and you're mm. like, "What the hell do I? I'm going to the hotel to cry for yeah. a minute. I got to figure out what I did wrong." Yeah, and I, I usually can tell that audience down. before I get on stage, and so then I'm just gonna be like, "All right, let's see who's celebrating anything tonight. Like, get them involved yeah. and see if that just helps. find the find a table or two that digs you. Yep, and perform to them. That's what. <sighs> I've been starting doing that. I'm like, well, you know what? This show's for you. Hopefully, you're up close. Hopefully, you're not in the back. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, my fans aren't sitting all the way in the nosebleeds. Well, I can see you. Well, it's been great catching up with you, Dougie. I'm going to leave you yeah, to the bud. rest of your day. And, it's good uh, seeing you, man. Glad yeah. you had a great trip, brother. Oh, the, uh, best, the best solo. I was texting with you yesterday, and I was like, that might be the best solo. And I was like, might be. Right. That was hands down by yeah. like a factor of a thousand the best that would be really cool to experience that man just the the trip in itself and then also to get to do comedy and you know the comedy. to travel and see that country at this time of year it was beautiful it's like man. a perfect time of year for it you know i'm sure the leaves are you know changing. It was, yeah it was, like every i had to just like <clears throat> 
make an agreement with myself that I'm not going to just start stopping and snapping photos every five seconds or drive and take photos because it was just so beautiful everywhere yeah. you looked. And I was like, you know what? You can just keep these for yourself, you know, in your mentals. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll get in back your in. your head movies. In my, <laughs> this head movie makes my eyes rain. All right, brother. Love you. All right, bud. Thank you.